0: Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto 11, Part 2, Chapter 29, this is a new chapter that we are doing. The chapter is called Bhakti Yoga. This is a very, very interesting chapter which is very, very important to us. So, Shrimad Bhagavatam, Bhakti Yoga, this is a dialogue between Sri Krishna and Uddhava. So, verse 1, Sri Uddhava said, My dear Lord Achyuta, I fear that the method of yoga described by you is very difficult for one who cannot control his mind. Therefore, please explain to me in simple terms, how someone can more easily execute it. Now the last chapter that we did, I am sure you remember the entire chapter. It was so difficult that most of it went over the head. Because Jnana Yoga is actually difficult. Imagine During that time, even Uddhava said the same thing. Jnana Yoga is very tough and difficult for anybody to understand. So, this is a new chapter where Krishna is being told by Uddhava, can you please tell me something in very simple terms? Because you see, I have a very simple mind. Now, have you ever read books which win Nobel Prize or Pulitzer's or all that? If you have read those books, I think 90% of the people in the world don't understand it. And those 10% of the people who understand, they have got a mind which can delve in the deepest of the secrets and then get the answer. So it's like, a, it's like an art film. You know, how many people go and see art film? I don't know. Those who see art film have their heads in the clouds. And they seem to find a lot of answers in the art film. There are lots of movies which are made in India. Now just imagine, you are a simple person, human being. And you know the basics of English or any other language that you are familiar with. Basics. And you are given some very difficult words. Do you know your life is going to become extremely difficult because every word that you will want to google it and find, you know, what is the meaning of this word? Exactly like that. So, the previous chapter was based entirely on Jnana Yoga, which is to literally put pressure on the mind to find out answers. So, Arjuna, sorry, Uddhava is telling Krishna, can you please have mercy on me and give me a language which I can understand? I am a simple human being, you see, I am not so complicated. So, can you please let me? have the gist of what you said. So he says, Oh Lotus-Eyed Lord, generally those yogis who try to study the mind experience frustrations because of their inability to perfect the state of trance. Thus they are weary in their attempts to bring the mind under control. Now this was one question which people normally tend to ask. So the general idea, what is the general idea in this one? Now you have been Attending satsangs for a long time. So now you have an idea what the satsangs are supposed to do. Right? Think about it. There are human beings. Okay? Who are absolutely brand new to this concept. They don't understand a word of what is being said. So in their world, if you ask them. Suppose you meet a fresh, a new person, you know. uh, Somebody who is not into spirituality. And you talk to that person. So hello, how are you? I say, okay, fine. I'm fine. What are you into? So, the other person will say, I am working for this company and that company. And you are telling the person, I am into spirituality. Oh, yeah. Okay. The person has not understood a word of what you have said. The moment you said spirituality, he has not understood anything. So, spirituality, oh, that God stuff. Spirituality is God stuff. Something which is connected to, oh, I know all your gods. You know, I have so many gods. They are more than the human beings. Okay. I mean. The Hindu gods are more than the human beings, I believe. (laughs) So the idea that any individual has about spirituality is exactly like this. And the moment you say, I am a spiritualist or I am into spiritual, they believe it is religion. So, which temple did you go to, which church did you go to, what did you do, how many prayers you did. Okay, why are you wearing this kind of dress? So, first they will look at your dress, they will say, and the next thing, I mean, first is they will look at your dress and they will say, okay, maybe he is on holiday today. And the next question is, oh, you know, there was international yoga day. Oh, oh, yeah. So, it must be a very great day for you. International yoga day has nothing to do with what we are doing. Okay. There is no, there is no connection between the two, but still. The whole world thinks that yoga, the one which they teach, you know, all the people, Chinese, Indians, Americans, everybody does all that. So, these people who do this kind of a yoga, sitting over there on a mat and, you know, raising their legs and hands and, you know, twisting their bodies into, I don't know how many, churning their stomachs. According to them, that is religion or spirituality. There is nothing spiritual in that. It is only a kind of a body exercise. Okay. So that is the second thing that a person thinks. Oh, you are into yoga stuff. No, you are misinterpreting the word yoga. What you are talking about, that individual is speaking about is exercises. You know, the kind of things that you will do in a gym or in a play field. What I am talking about is something to do with God, the Almighty. It's oneness with the divine. Okay. So, I don't understand. What are you talking about? Will be the next thing. Oh, it's about just trying to become. Oh, you mean to say that. Then the immediate thing is. Oh, you are talking about, you know, like Buddha and Jesus and all that. All about happiness, joy, peace, understanding. You know, all that kind of things which is associated with spiritual people. Oh, you are peaceful. You are contented. You are this. You are that. All those, un- all those questions. So you tell them, no, not that also. Oh my God. You mean to say there is no happiness. There is no contentment. There is no, uh, so you can just, I mean, just imagine I am giving the answer to them and what will I say? I will say, imagine Jesus Christ is getting, you know, he is, he is put on the cross. He is nailed to the cross. Are you talking about happiness, contentment and all those kind of things? I mean, do you see those things on Jesus' face? He is in pain. So, where is the happiness that you are talking about? So, spirituality has very little to do with happiness. Buddha, isn't he so serene and peaceful? Yeah, you will also be serene and peaceful if you have eaten a pile of, you know, uh, poison. It is going inside your body and you are lying down over there and you are wondering now which part of the body the poison is going. I mean you can't have a smile on your face but you are just wondering, isn't it? So think about Buddha, you know sleeping, You know, I am sure you have seen the sleeping Buddha. Sleeping Buddha for hours he is there sleeping and he is slowly dying. Then the next thing will be, oh you are a Hindu so maybe it is about Krishna. Oh Krishna, he was sitting in one place with the arrow stuck in his leg, you know, in in his little toe and he died after a very long time after that poison entered his body. Imagine, he is smiling away to glory. I mean, just think, do you think uh, Krishna would be smiling away to glory when an arrow is stuck to his foot? I mean, just imagine that an arrow is stuck in your little toe and all your relatives are dead. Everybody, all your brothers and sons and grands, everybody is dead. The entire kingdom, all the men over there are lying dead. And how they have died? They have drunk away to glory. You know? And they have taken the reeds and murdered each other. Just think. And then you have Krishna laughing or smiling over there. I mean you are talking about contentment, you are talking about happiness. So, this is the next thing which the human beings who are not into spiritual think. You see, you see the whole concept about spirituality, it's the most distorted concept in the world. So, it is not about exercises called yoga or Hatha Yoga as we call it. It is not about peace and this and that and all that and is it about God? Are you that godly fellow who does all the prayers and all that? And why are you not having long hairs, you know, with one And Shendi over there and orange clothes and all. Okay, so you mean to say all the guys who are wearing orange clothes, uh, they are supposed to be, you know, godly? I'm sorry, you are mistaken. So these are the general concepts in the world about spirituality. And here we are talking about none of that is spiritual. Then what is spirituality? Spirituality is all about the three Ds. The 3Ds are what? First, dispassion. Second one, detachment. Third, discrimination. These 3Ds. Oh, you mean to say I should throw away my family and I should run away somewhere? No, that is detachment, you know. I have got children. How can I leave them? So, spirituality is not running away from your responsibilities, okay? (laughs) So, that... Oh! I am not supposed to just throw them away and run away. No, no, no. You are not. You can only do that once you have attained a particular status in life. Okay? Not before. (laughs) You have become a Tukaram in this world or a Ramakrishna Paramahansa or some great Sage, then you run away, it's a different story. But right in the beginning, you know, saying, you know, I'm fed up of my job. You know, my boss is a pain. And, I, and I, my wife is like this, my children are like that. Can I just run away to some mountain somewhere? Okay, next stop, Colorado. <laughs> or maybe I'll go to Canada. Canada, there is all only mountains somewhere. I'll sit in some mountain somewhere. I'll make one small mountain hut or something like that or maybe a house near a river, yes, I will do the fishing and I will stay over there, nobody to disturb me. That is not called detachment again, dispassion. Oh, you mean to say I should not ask for money when I am working so hard again. This is, these are the misuse of the words that are. So, dispassion, detachment and discrimination are the three words. So, I said the third word is called discrimination. Discrimination, it is there all over the world. (laughs) It is there all over the world. You go to whichever country, you go to whichever state, they are discriminating. Not that kind of discrimination. So then I put it very simply. Now this lady was asking me the question. So I I gave her a very simple answer. I said discrimination means can you see God in everyone? So there is X, Y, Z. There are four people standing in front of you. Can you see God in that person? Can you see God in the table, in the chair, in the things around you? That is the first thing you remember. Second, you have children. You see, when you have children, what is the thing that you got to do? Of course, you need to take care of them. Did I not tell you in the first line itself that they are also part of God? So, are you going to throw them out? No way. You are definitely going to treat them nicely because they are God. Isn't it? Now, you look at your neighbor with whom you have been fighting for many years, you know. You know your neighbor. He always throws things on your side. Okay. Always dirties your lawn and stuff like that. You know, when he is watering his plants, instead of watering his side, he is watering your side. The water falls on your side. The dirt falls on your side. If you park your car car wrongly, he is going to come and you know, why have you parked in my space? As if the space is his. The space belongs to the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to the, you know, the government, but still, he believe, he thinks that the space belongs to him. So, can you see God in that villainous nature, you know, the, your neighbor of yours? Oh, yes, then you got to, then you got to love him. That is a horrible character. But still, you see God in him, you know. So, be detached and love him in the same way, okay? That means the way you treat your children, the way you treat your husband, your wife, whoever, your neighbor... Okay. Your neighbor's children, you know they are the naughtiest brats, you know, you know, Dennis the menace is a a milder character than them. Don't you think so? No, your neighbor's children also to be treated nicely. Okay, what is dispassion? Of course you got to work, suppose you are earning 1000 rupees, how much work are you putting in? Equivalent to 1000, no, put 10 times that and then I am going to get only 1000, yeah, that is what is dispassion. You know, for the amount of money that you are working for, can you increase your workload? Can you show your productivity better? So you are not bothered about the returns. You got the answer? The returns are fixed. But your productivity shoots up. Can you do that? Oh, your spirituality is useless. What am I going to live in this world for then? I got to earn money. So this is a dialogue which normally happens when you tell people that you are in spiritual. So, spirituality from the point of view of what we call as the Bhakti Marg is a milder version. But in the previous chapter where it was all about knowledge, it all bounced over your head. So, so he says, "Oh lotus-eyed lord, generally... Those yogis who try to steady the mind experience, to steady the mind experience frustration because of their inability to perfect the state of trance. So even if you are the greatest of the yogis, even if you think you have done a million hours of meditation or maybe like uh, all those babas of India, you have done every every day four hours of yoga. You know, distorting, contracting, and all that your body. No use. Why? Because you are still not perfect in the state of trance. The perfection in meditation or in yogic activity doesn't actually happen. So if somebody is told you, do meditation, yeah, you can try. Okay? After 5 minutes, you know, after trying really very hard, you know what's going to happen. Either you will fall asleep or you will say, I got work to do. <laughs> or maybe you would just sit over there and daydream. You know how people daydream? I will give you an example. There are some great students of, that I have met in the past also. Guruji, I was meditating. I saw the feet of the Lord. And then the Lord came and he blessed me. And then I got to see Shivji also. I got to see Parvati also. I met Ganesha also. So so I said, really? Really? You know how really? Really? What was Ganesha wearing? That I didn't see. But I saw him, you know. Okay. You saw Ganesha. Very good. And you don't remember what he was wearing. These are your mind's concoctions. Okay. It's just like you have your grandfather coming in your dream and giving you something, some property. You know, he's never going to come and give you property after this. He's dead. He's gone, finished. He is not ever going to come back. And then the next thing is, Oh, when I was, you know, just sitting in meditation, my mother came and blessed me. Your mother is dead one, uh, maybe 100 years ago. Boss, your mother can't come back. Now she must be some, you know, young, small baby born somewhere. Or maybe baby boy or girl or I don't know, maybe a donkey. Who knows? So there is no point in trying to say that I saw my mother, I saw God, I saw his feet and I saw his all those kind of stuff. No God is visible in trance by the way, okay? If you are really going to meditate, no God will be visible. Actually, nothing should be there. You know the reason why we do meditation? To blank out the mind. Isn't it? So that nothing remains there. So then how can you see some God over there? How can you see some dead people? I see dead people, Bruce Willis. You know, I mean, (laughs) you can't see dead people also. And you can't see live people also. You can't see anything. So, don't say that I am in a trance. I was meditating. I did. Don't bother. Even for the great yogis, it is not possible. So, if you think you are a great yogi with one daddy, you know, one long flowing beard. With one choga like this on top of you. And doing oh like that. And giving TV shows and all. Sorry boss, you can never go in a trance. Never. N-E-V-E-R. Where? Who is saying that? Krishna is saying, Krishna says, Krishna knows, you know. So, (laughs) Uddhava is saying like this, oh lotus-eyed ones, generally those yogis who try to steady their mind, experience frustration because of the inability to perfect the state of trance. Hardly anybody, only one in a gazillion can perfect their state of trance. And maybe he is trying out marijuana or some such kind of a drug. Who knows? I don't know. Now, Canada, they have made it, you know, you can buy off the shelf also, I believe. Very good. (laughs) In India, you can buy off the streets also. So, it's okay. So, coming back to our story. Thus, they are wary in the attempt to bring the mind under control. So, they cannot bring their mind under control. Who cannot? Yogis cannot bring their mind under control. They cannot. Let me assure you, nobody can. And if some idiot in this world is telling you that he can, like they say he is faking it. So let it be. So you take a whole load of salt and you know take it with not a pinch of salt, a pile of salt. Okay? Because this is what even Uddhava is telling Krishna. Therefore, O lotus-eyed lord of the universe, swan like men, happily take shelter at your lotus feet, the source of all transcendental ecstasy. But those who take pride in their accomplishment in yoga and karma fail to take shelter of you and are defeated by your illusory energy. And this is one thing which you should pay attention to. You know in this verse Uddhava is telling something which is very very true. If there is some person in this world who is actually trying to say, I am going to perfect myself in the, you know in Karma Yoga or in Jnana Yoga. You know how Krishna is a naughty fellow, You, I am sure you know that, no? The day you tell Krishna that you can do something, he is going to put one spoke in the wheel of yours. I know this. Finished. You are (laughs) gone. So, here Uddhava is telling Krishna, Krishna, your illusory energy, you know that Maya darling of yours. She is a naughty fellow. Uh, You are bigger naughty fellow. You know what you both of you do? You go and twist and turn the mind of that fellow and naturally he is going to see all the Gods. He gets that 70 millimeter vision and all that. You have stereophonic sound and, you know, Atmos. Oh, what is it? Dolby Atmos. Yes, nice. God will call out to him. Hello, my dear sir. How are you? I mean, no God is going to call out to anybody. So, got the answer? So, here he is saying, swan like men they understand that their karma yoga and all, nobody can perfect it. Nobody, not a single soul on this earth can perfect it. Neither can anybody do in jnana yoga. The previous chapter it is a washout. <laughs> so, what do we do? So, he says, what do they do? They surrender at your lotus feet. Means, please surrender at the lotus feet of the Lord. Tell him, God, he tell Krishna, Krishna, you know, I am sorry, I don't know how to meditate. I am sorry, I don't know how to do all these yoga, toga and all that. And by the way, I don't want to wear those funny clothes and shave my head and go into some jungle with no slippers on, you know, I can't. It hurts my leg. So can you be kind enough to just take me in your shelter? Shelter you understand? Yeah. Just take me under you and then what do you do? and shower me with your grace. And the grace is extremely important. When people talk about doing some kind of ascetism or you know those kind of extreme exercises that they do or not eat food for days, nothing works. All that is going to just last, you know it is going to give you a boost, nice boost in your ego. I was, you know, I didn't eat a single thing for 24 hours. Okay, you didn't eat a single thing for 24 hours. Maybe you had an upset stomach, you know that. no? So, it's okay. But not for God. Don't bother your head about God and all that kind of stuff. Okay, for the Almighty. See, God means the Supreme Divine Consciousness, Krishna, Father in Heaven, Allah, whoever that you feel you want to name. What do you do? Just surrender to Him. And don't say, I did this and I did that. You got it? Don't try to say, you know, for you I did meditation. God is going to look at you and give you a tight slap. You are doing meditation for me. You can open your eyes and look at me, boss. You don't need to meditate. (laughs) After you close your eyes, you can't see me also. So, did you understand? So, he says, but there are some people, but those who take pride in their accomplishments in yoga and karma, fail to take shelter of you and are defeated by your illusory energy. So, what do these people do? Those who are in the path of yoga, karma, this kind of stuff, they do not respect you. They do not take shelter at your feet. And when people don't respect you, that is Krishna, what happens to them? Anything and everything that they have done all goes to ruin. Okay, nothing comes out of it. There's a story of a small story. There's a story of Shankaracharya. You know, Shankaracharya was the proponent who kicked out Buddhism from India. Um, you should know that. Okay, he was there in the sixth, seventh century AD. I, B, A.D. Yeah. So what happened was he was an avatar of Shivji, by the way. Okay, for you are very kind. So one day. And he was a scholar erudite, you know, that means he could speak a lot of stuff. So one day, it so happened that he was in Varanasi, Banaras. Those who have gone to Banaras, they know. To go towards the river, you have to climb down steps like this, one step at a time. You know, you climb down and then you go near the river, that is Ganga. So he had this habit of going early in the morning, okay. Maybe 4 5 o'clock or 4 o'clock, I don't know what time. So, he used to go every day in the morning, take a bath and then go back to his ashrama or wherever and then perform his pujas and all that. And remember, he was a great scholar and he was a great proponent of Hinduism or what you call as a Sanatan Dharma. Hinduism is not a religion. Sanatan Dharma is a religion which we have to all follow. We are actually Sanatan Dharmis in the sense. It's basically brotherhood of mankind sort of stuff, you know. We love each other like kind of stuff. Yeah, with a, with one knife also in our hand which is hidden. Okay. So, coming back to Shankaracharya. Shankaracharya would do that. So, one day, Shankara himself, Shankara is a god, Shiva. Shiva himself thought that I need to test my guy. My guy means Shankara is also Shiva only by the way. But an avatar. So, every day he would come and stand like you know those uh, bills are there. uh, These uh, people who are villagers who hunt for food that kind of with some hair and all that kind of stuff. uh, So, and very dirty. So, every day he would stand like this and Shankara never used to look in his direction. So, one day he is sleeping on the steps. You know, know, when the step comes like this and then like this and like this. He is sleeping over here. And in the darkness, you can't see a damn thing. So, Shankara goes to the river, takes a bath. And then when he is coming back, he stumbles on this guy. This guy is Shiva, by the way. Okay. He stumbles on him. And then Shiva gets up from there and says, sorry, 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 sorry. Shankara looks at him. You have gone and spoiled my entire, you know this. Okay. You have made me dirty. I touched you. I have to go and take a bath again. So he goes back and takes a bath again. Again he comes back. Again he is doing the same thing. Why are you touching me? Don't you know I am a sage and a saint and I am a great person. I am a yogi of the highest order. And you, this uncouth fellow, you are touching me. This is not good. So so Shiva looks at him and says, Aren't you the one who says God is in everything? You are the one who is teaching the whole world. God is in everything. God is in everything. And you are telling me I am an uncouth person? What kind of teachings are you giving in this world? And then you are saying because of me sleeping over there and you stumbling on top of me, you are contaminated? No. And you are a useless fellow. You know, you don't know anything then. So, first go and learn once again. So, immediately Shankara realizes, oh my God, this is Shiva himself. And what he is saying is right. So, he bows down and touches his feet and says, I am very sorry, I surrender to you. I understand now. God is in everything. So even an uncouth dog, you know, you know, the pariah that you see on the road, God is in that pariah also. So you need not go and take a bath. So did you get the point? God is in everything. So even Shankara, the greatest of the sages in India, who brought back Hinduism to India or the Sanatana Dharma to India, had fallen down. So did you understand this? But those who take pride in their accomplishments in yoga and karma, fail to take shelter of you and are defeated by your illusory energy. And this is the truth. Now, my stories of these great things. Well, one day it so happened that I met, I said you know that let us try to find out the similarity between genetic engineering and you know, microbiology, biology and spirituality. So, one day I went to Indian Institute of Science. <laughs> And there was this great scientist who was doing, I know, he's, a, he's a great fellow. And um, I said, sir, I just want to ask you a few questions, you know. So he asked me, what are you doing? So I told him, I am in spirituality. Oh, you know, the moment I said spirituality, you know how the eyes go pop like that. And he immediately started on a tirade. You people don't understand a damn thing. You know, you think that we scientists, we are doing blah, 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 it went on. Do you know? I am not a Hindu. I am from the Sanatan Dharma, blah, blah, blah. Again went on for quite a while. I said, sir, what is the meaning of the word Sanatan Dharma also I don't know. You know, I never learnt it. That is why I am telling you, you never understand a damn thing. So I said, after some 15-20 minutes or maybe half an hour of his tirade, I listened to all of that. And after that I told him, I think it is all about brotherhood, isn't it? I think you are my brother, I am your brother. We are all supposed to live in harmony and all that kind of things. But you were to shouting at me for the last half an hour. See, you can find God if you are nice and kind and patient. <laughs> you know, you can see God in the person in front of you. But you see, when I was looking at you, I could only see one. Well, I couldn't say complete... You know that Pomeranian who was there? Well, what do you do to such a person? (laughs) You can't do anything. Well, another story. (laughs) One day, uh, one person from the government over here, he came with one of my students. Okay, I want to see your Guruji. And the moment they come to meet me, they look at my jeans and my t-shirt and they get a big heart attack first. (laughs) You see, they think that I have to be wearing some orange color clothes, flowing beard. You know, that's a concept. It's like, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Brito can tell you, what is the concept of Jesus Christ? Okay, long flowing hair, nice beard and mild eyes and one hand like this and like this. You know something? You mean to say Jesus Christ never went to the loo? I mean, just imagine what Buddha never had loose motions or what. What are you all talking about? He was a normal human being, but godly in nature. Godly doesn't mean that you don't do normal things. Okay? You are not going to grow horns, orange clothes and all that. Nothing like that happens. Okay? You are not supposed to be touching his feet all the time and drinking out amrita from his feet or something. Nothing like that happens. Okay? This is all hogwash. Don't get into it. Okay, what it simply tra- translates into, "Be nice man, be kind. Be compassionate, be loving, caring. Look at God, See God in everything. Yeah, you mean to say there is a barking dog, you want to give it a kick? Of course please do that. That is also loving in nature. You're making him quiet, you know there's somebody who is sleeping over there. <laughs> well, compassion is not translated into giving two tight slaps to children who are not studying. Okay? It doesn't mean that. You please give. Alright? You think Krishna would not have done that? Imagine the filmy Krishna that you have, you know. In films you have some Krishna. He is always having a smile like this. Okay? And even when he gives some satsang, I mean you mean to say he had fixed expression on his face, a big smile, wide eyes and all that. Nothing like that. Got it? He also was Prone to all kinds of things. Spirituality doesn't mean any of this nonsensical stuff. Can you be nice? That's it. Okay. Be good. Right? Surrender to the feet of the Lord. Surrendering to the feet of the Lord simply means you don't have any ego. You know, ego is the one which destroys you. Just now I gave you one example. So, this man from the you know government when he came to see me. Oh, I want to meet your guru. Okay, fine. So, when I was sitting there in my chair and I was doing, I was just talking to him. So, I said, how are you sir? Everything fine, blah, blah, all that. I have come to meet you because I heard that you are a, a guru. I said, okay. I, said, I don't have horns. Okay, but okay. yeah. Ask me any question. So, he asked me a diffi- some question which is supposed to be a difficult question. I looked at him and I said, I am sorry, I don't know the answer. I will have to look it up in the books. Maybe I will Google it. You see, the moment you say these words, the person says, oh, this fellow is useless. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> and after that, you know, it was like Solomon Grundy. He vanished. Never ever to come back again. So I asked my my, my student, I asked him, I said, what happened to that guy? Oh, he thought you are some fake fellow. I say, of course, you should tell him, I, yeah, I am a fake fellow. I collect, I, I sit with one, you know, one donation book over there. <laughs> and I collect every person who comes in, <laughs> one million dollars, you please give me. <laughs> this concept should be thrown out. No ego. Okay? This is all, you see, when I am doing this in jest, actually, it's a fun thing. You have to understand, the last word is very important. Those who take pride in their accomplishments, in yoga and karma, fail to take shelter of you and are defeated by your illusory energy. So, it is Maya which is important. <laughs> you see, understand? When I told this guy, I don't know anything. It is Maya. You see, Maya means what? I don't know. You know I don't know. Like that. It's called Maya. If If you come humbly, If you come with supplication and if you say that, can you please tell me the answer? Do you really believe I will not be able to guide you properly? Of course, I will do that. But if you come with your big fat ego, I will definitely tell you I don't know anything. Why? Because I can't surmount your ego. You got it? You know how the ego is? It's like the hot air, balloons. You see the hotter balloon doesn't rise in the air till it becomes lighter than the air. So, what I have to do is I have to make that fire more. Okay. So, that it becomes more lighter and then you rise in the air. Got it? So, you have to give it a little bit of fire also. That is how it is. So, my dear infallible Lord, it is not very astonishing that you intimately approach your servants who have taken exclusive shelter of you. After all, during your appearance as Lord Ramachandra, even while great demigods like Brahma were vying to place their effulgent tip of their helmet upon the cushions where your lotus feet rested, you displayed great special affection for monkeys such as Hanuman because they have taken exclusive shelter of you. So Uddhava is telling Krishna, he says, you see, I am very much astonished with the way you treat your true disciples, your devotees. You approach them. You approach them. They don't need to approach you. You approach them like a very humble person. And you come and stand in front of them and just look at them. And be one with them. That is what you do. So Uddhava is telling Krishna, this is what you do. I still remember in your last life. Now, please understand, Uddhava is also from the same okay, category. He has come from Goloka only. So he says, Yeah, in your last life also, when you came as Sri Ram, the previous life of Krishna was Sri Ram. So Sri Ram, when he had come, Brahmaji, who is the god of creation, he, he, he had to wait in queue to touch your feet, right? Whereas, what were you doing? You are playing around with the monkeys also. (laughs) You allowed them to do what they want. Monkeys doesn't mean monkeys. Otherwise you will say. Oh the Neanderthal man. Okay no boss. No Neanderthal man. no, No Stone Age man. No Australian man also. You know the Aborigines. Nothing like that. The monkeys actually translates into. A kind of a. Now the spiritual aspect is different. Here in the story it is different. So. The king of monkeys. I am sure you know. You know. So he came to you. And you made him your friend. Hanumanji. We call him Maruti, Hanuman, Anjaniya, Whatever name that you want to call him. So he always bows down. In supplication. Isn't it? He always will be at the feet of the Lord. So you were kind to him. But you were not kind to Brahmaji. <laughs> now Brahmaji... I don't know. You know whether Brahmaji comes from which particular segment? He comes from the Rajasik guna. Rajasik means what? You know we have done the three gunas. Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. Correct? Now Sattva is Vishnu. Rajas is Brahmaji. And Tamas is Shivji. Okay. Coming back to Brahmaji. Brahmaji has a big fat ego. Ok. And in his big fat ego he will do whatever That comes to his mind. And he, you know, when you have the ego, you have, you are, you are prone to tell lies and you can do all kinds of nonsense. You should know that. Okay. So, one more story of Brahmaji. Now, it so happened that Brahmaji and Vishnu, they went to meet Shiva. But Shiva was nowhere to be found. So, when they went to that particular place where Shiva was supposed to be meditating, both Brahma and Vishnu, they went. And they couldn't find Shiva but in that place they saw a flame, you know, a flame. You understand a flame, fire and it was rising high. So naturally, you know, Vishnu said, I think Shiva will be sitting somewhere at the bottom or the top. Whichever way the flame is coming, you know, somewhere either here or there he must be there. So he tells Brahmaji. Brahma, you do one thing, you fly up and you go and check him out, whether he is sitting on top over there. You know, maybe he is is using the flamethrower, like that, (laughs) from top. I will do something, I will go to the bottom and I will check it out, you know, whether he is there or not there. So, Brahmaji goes up on his journey, up. And Vishnu, he goes down. After going through a lot of many, many miles or kilometers or I don't know what, you know, eons. Vishnu gets tired of it and he says you know what I am not able to see where this flame ends. This side where it is coming from also I don't know. So let me go back to earth once again. So he comes back to earth. At that time Brahma also returns and Brahma returns and you know what he does? He gets one flower and then he gets one bird also and then he comes and they both meet each other. Vishnu and Brahma are standing in front of each other. So naturally the ego speaks more, isn't it? So Vishnu is very, I am sorry Brahmaji, I was not able to see Shiva, you know. Unfortunately, I couldn't see him because he was nowhere there at the bottom. I The fire was just going on and on and on and I couldn't, I am tired. So I came back, I couldn't meet him. So Brahmaji looks at him, naturally you will not see because he's up there. Brahmaji has not seen Shiva anywhere, but he says he was up there. You know what? I brought brought one flower from his head, you know, see, this is a flower over here. This flower comes from Brahmaji, uh, from Shiva and here it is. And then, why is this bird with you? Oh, that is a proof, you require, you know, somebody to give you the proof of the pudding, no? So, this bird is there with me to tell you that, yes. Brahmaji met Shiva. You require all these kind of guys with you, isn't it? So the bird nods. And says, yeah, 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 yeah. Brahmaji saw Shiva. No, <laughs> no. This is because you don't want to lose. So you know all those egoistic people, how they are. All the Rajasic people, they don't want to lose out on anything. So they are willing to tell lies also. So Brahmaji lies to his feet. First is the flower, and second one is this bird. So. The moment when he is telling Vishnu that, Vishnu is very sad. He says, Oh my god, I was not able to meet him. At that time, Shiva comes and stands in front of these two. So, <laughs> so, so he says, Brahmaji, you really found me? Did you actually find me? This flower is from my head? No, you couldn't find me. Why are you telling lies to him? And you think this bird is your, you know, witness? No. Why are you telling lies? Don't tell lies. In spirituality, we don't tell lies. You see, we don't fake and we don't even use our ego. So he says, see, and that is the reason why, you know, from today. Number one, if somebody puts this flower on my head, that fellow is gone. So there is a particular flower. You can Google it. Okay. I don't know what the flower looks like. So, you go and Google it and see. So, that flower you should never give Shivji. Otherwise, Shivji is going to think of you like Brahma also. Okay, you have gone to the end of the... (laughs) And the bird. Well, you know what happened to the bird. If you see the bird, you are a very unlucky fellow. What? (laughs) Don't try to see that bird. And third. Now, Mr. Brahma, you know what? Every temple in India will be a Vishnu temple. Okay? (laughs) But no temple of yours. Not a single temple of yours. (laughs) So, if you come to India and if you try to find one Brahma temple, it's very difficult to find. Why? Brahma is a Rajasik fellow. You remember that. So, well, there was another part of the story also. There is another small aspect to the story. So, this much you understood. So, no Brahma temples. And Brahma is never prayed to by anybody. Okay, These are the things. So Vishnu, every temple you will find, every second temple is a Vishnu temple and a Shiva temple. But no Brahma temple. So nobody cares for the <laughs> creator. Everybody is talking about the sustainer and the destroyer. Naturally, destroyer means you better be afraid. Sustainer means sir, can you please give me something. You know, we are always begging for something. So, Brahmaji was very upset and he said now what am I going to do, what am I going to do, what am I going to do. So finally there is a place in India that is called Pushkar. It is in Rajasthan. Okay. So he said there is a lake over there. Maybe I should go and stand on one feet for 10,000 years. Maybe some god in this world is going to get pleased with me. So finally over there Brahmaji gets to have one temple. So, there is one temple in Pushkar where you can go and meet Mr. Brahma if you want to. So, this is what the end of Solomon Grundy is. You see, if you have an ego, this is a problem. So, all that illusory energy will come and will destroy. So, how do you be? You know, how do you want your God to be? And rather you should be to the God. Be kind, be nice, bow down to his feet, nothing is going to go. You understand? It is not a problem to bow down to someone doesn't give you any less ego. You see, the ego doesn't, you know, you are not going to have, your nose is not going to get cut. You got it? So, don't bother your head. If you have to touch someone's feet, it's not a big thing. Yeah, some people will say, oh, I got a pain in my back, I can't bend down. Okay, sit down and then touch. Okay, no problem. (laughs) Or you can sleep on the floor if you want to. Does it matter? So the idea is, you have to be humble, bowing down. You should understand, if you really want to learn something from someone, even in our normal world, you have mentors, you know, you have people in your world, you want to learn something, can you be a little humble? And don't try to say, I know everything. You see, if you know everything, your state will be like Brahma. You know, no bird, no flower and no temple also for you. Huh? What? Flowers? You understand what I mean. Okay? No ego. So, don't have any ego. So, after this, remember, the only way in which you can be one with the divine is, You have to be affectionate, you have to be kind, you have to be compassionate, you have to be humble, you have to be loving, caring, see God in everything. Bow down at the feet of the Lord and don't bother your head about your big fat ego. Just leave it outside the door. Okay. Come in and be nice and kind. So, I'll read this verse once again and then we will end. My dear infallible Lord, it is not very astonishing that you intimately approach your servants who have taken exclusive shelter of you. So when someone takes shelter of the Lord, the Lord will come and be friends with that person. After all during your appearance as Lord Ramchandra, even while great demigods like Brahma were vying to place the effulgent tip of their helmet, helmet means that crown of theirs, okay upon the cushion where your lotus feet rested when they want to come and touch your feet also. You displayed special affection for monkeys such as Hanuman because they have taken exclusive shelter of you. So surrender to the Lord. So the third word, first word you remember faith, second one is surrender, third one is love, fourth one is devotion. When you have this, you don't need to do any gymnastics, no yoga, no international yoga day for you. Don't bother your head, don't join any group. Okay, unnecessarily you will have to pay the doctor. (laughs) My back is hurting. Okay, somewhere. So, that you don't have to do. No yoga day for you. Second, you don't have to go to any temple and all those places and give some, you know, offering to all those fellows over there. Don't have to. You don't have to do anything. Just be in love with the God in your own being. Okay, you don't have to go and show it to someone else. You know how people go to the temple? They wear some nice fancy clothes. Or when they go to church. I mean, I still remember when I was a kid. The only time when I used to see everybody dressed nicely and all that was Sunday mass. Yeah, I, mean, I was staying in Bandra. In Bandra you have a lot of churches. You stand outside your house. You will know, find everybody dressed very nicely. All perfumed and all that and going around. You don't have to dress nicely to go and see God. Okay? You can dress simply. Not nicely. Simply. Second, You don't have to give some bribes to him. Okay, I am going to bribe (laughs) you. All these things you don't need to do. Just be in love. Just be kind, compassionate, surrender to him. And that is it. Beyond that, nothing is needed. So, we have come to verse 4 and tomorrow we will do verse 5 onwards. Okay? So, I will see you all tomorrow.